0: hello everybody and welcome to another episode of passing dimes really excited for today's returning guest so today's guest played at the university of windsor where he was oua player of the year he went on to play pro in estonia portugal and was recently in sweden where he won the league championship and is joining us live right after practice in Azerbaijan, where he is currently playing please welcome to the show pierce johnson pierce thanks for coming back on the show for what feels like a 19th time
1: yeah i think we're, we're close close to
0: 10 now so like we said in the previous ones it's, it's got to be a t-shirt soon or some some kind of pass and dimes merch we ever get any you got to be first because i think you're the, the record holder so the reason i wanted you on the show is just to give us the behind the scenes of what it's like to be a pro so uh last spring you would have been in sweden your club won a league championship we talked to you after your season that uh it was a pretty smooth regular season, but you guys battled in the playoffs through some sickness and some injuries and got the job done. But uh, for for me and the other fans out there, what's it like being a pro volleyball player? So as you're finishing up with Sweden, were you looking ahead to next year or do you like to wait till your off season before you and your agents start talking?
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, life of a pro versus it's, it's awesome, but I always say it kind of gets like over glamorized. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that it's, you know it's not like university. You don't have you know, your best buddies on your team, guys you're with kind of every day. It's a lot of the guys you play with in these leagues are uh, they have day jobs, they're kind of they're doing their own thing. So this is the first team that kind of like everyone here is a is a pro. They're they're here to play volleyball, so it's a little different now. But uh, yeah, definitely playing overseas is is a it's not for everyone, but I'm um, I'm enjoying it so far. For sure. Um, And for the for this season, this was kind of a smooth, easy process for me because it was I guess I signed my contract the day I got back home and I was uh, it was in talks with the team when I was still in Sweden. I stayed for about two weeks after. Um, So I got into in talks with the manager
0: when I was in Sweden, signed the contract when I got back home. So kind of the whole summer I knew I was coming here. Does that ever become a distraction? Like, is ever part of you being like, man, I just want to focus on my team right now? Or is that honestly how business is done in, in volleyball? Because everybody seems to be on a one-year deal. If uh, a lot of the really good teams actually
1: they try to sign guys, like when the new year is happening for the next season. So, and I uh, listening to the System podcast, like the guys that are going like the big, the big boy contracts. Uh, I, I hear like, as soon as guys sign that contract, they're kind of like checked out actually. And they're just kind of like, ah, oh, I've got my contract for next year. I'm trying not to get injured because usually if you sign that early, you're uh, you're taking a pretty big uh, pay raise. So you're trying not to to jeopardize that, or you're going to like a really big club. Um, so it's just it's it's kind of different, like in your leagues. Like in Sweden, no one's doing that. Most of the guys are Swedish, so they're just kind of
0: staying around. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of just different every every team you're on. And the cool thing about your club is there's a ton of Canadians there. But when you signed your deal because you were one of the early guys, uh, did that really factor in, or you didn't know who else was coming? Uh, I had talked to my roommate, uh, Braden Friesen, because we were kind of like, yeah, it seems like a good, good deal. Like, it'd be cool to play with another Canadian.
1: Um, and then Jake Gomes was also was also signing. So the like, guys it could be solid. And then all of a sudden, like I heard, uh, oh, there's another, another Canadian, another Canadian. I think there's six of us here. Um, Like one, like I mean, I knew, I knew most of them. Like Zach Hutchinson, I knew Matt Bowers. Um, I knew of uh, Gerard Murray. I've never met him, but he's a great guy. And then uh, there's another guy, Ty. Blank on his last
0: name right now, but he's uh, actually didn't play for a while. Um, he's like took like three, three years off, uh, played a Camosun and maybe red deer, um, big physical, like CrossFit style body. Like just, just jacked, but a uh, good guy for sure. Nice. So as the team's coming together, um, what's the name of your club? And I understand you guys have two teams, right?
1: Yeah. So we're Kari, Bool, Bool, uh, Shusha. And so Shusha is a town on the western side of Azerbaijan, and but all the teams train and live in Baku because it's just kind of the, the the big part. Like outside of Baku, I don't think um, it's much of a like developed country. Like it's just like everything's here, and then outside of that, it's kind of like mountainous and more agriculture. Um, and then the other team is Lachen, the same name which Lachen, and Latchin is just another city. Um, and so the club's really trying to develop with a really good manager um, or managers really like everyone's on the ball. Everyone's out of practice every day. Um, they have really good medical staff, which is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, so there's you know, we, like, they call it like their future team. So they're, they're trying to get those guys. Like they're really young. I think Jake's maybe the oldest guy on that team. Um, and they're just trying to get them to develop their, their national team because their national team hasn't done that well. Um, and so their goal, talking to them, is to get to the Euros, the next Euros, I think. Um, is, I think they're ranked just like a couple of positions outside of that top 24. Um, and even though Azerbaijan's technically in Asia, um, it's part of, the, they have a deal with the EU, kind of similar to Turkey, where they're allowed to play um, in those in those championships, which is why our team can play in the, the setup Cup this year.
0: Yeah, I was seeing that. I was trying to practice my geography a little bit when I saw how well the women's super league is done in CEV. So I'm glad you mentioned it is in Asia, but because of geography and just maybe a higher level or easier travel, like the that's how it's done. So uh, with you guys having a futures team and then your senior team, um, I imagine the futures team is more local guys. Like, is your team basically like mostly foreigners?
1: Yeah, we're. Oh, I, I could be wrong. I think we're three three guys from Azerbaijan um on our on our team on the Shusha team and then it's probably 50 50 on the latin team like there are, are some mo- not any like just only like north american um but there's some guys from like kazakhstan and um kind of around the area that are i think one russian also um but they're they're also some they they spent they spent a decent amount of money this year on trying to really develop the club and. Uh, and make sure they're like they're trying to build a good league here because I think the league's only this is either the second year or the third year of the league where they used to have a really big women's league, um, back like ten years ago, where they it was like it was I think they finished second in the Champions League one year, uh, one of the teams. I think Azurail, which is uh one of the girls' teams here.
0: Yeah, when I was uh, doing some research just in the country, because like I said, I I didn't know much about even where you are in the world, but how well they've been doing. But uh, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, like definitely in the two thousands, but there was also a team that's like been a runner up. So when you look at uh, CEV and you go titles by country, uh, obviously anyone who's watched international volleyball, obviously Italy, Russia, Turkey, like those countries stand out. And then there's like Germany, kind of middle of the pack. But uh, rayon has won a championship and they've been a runner up, and that actually puts them ahead of countries like Spain, Greece, Serbia, Austria, Belarus, Switzerland. So like they have uh, done well with their women's super league. So it's exciting to see that you kind of be a leader in the men's super league because uh like you said they're trying to serve their national team but they're also just looking for really good players right
1: yeah and uh the manager slash player kind of we have like, he's not like the main manager but he was he's a big he was a big role in like getting players and like doing because that, that's what his he used to do was uh, he used to run women's clubs um and so he was really big parts of that um and my my agent who's actually we were laughing about this. He, my agent Steve Welch, has I think we've counted six or seven guys on my team. Um, so he's a really good relationship with uh, Ilgar, who's the, the the one of our setters and the, the guy who kind of like scouted all of us or recruited all of us. Um, and he, so he had uh, a lot of good 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 ties in the women's league and like getting teams well done. So my agent was just kind of like, this is this could be a good uh, a good start.
0: Sweet. So you sign your deal and understand that you're you're coming over pretty early. So then you get to enjoy some time home with uh family and friends. And we, we got you on the beach for a couple of tournaments, which is exciting. But uh when did you have to report? Like when did you pack up and leave home?
1: I left on the twenty-eighth, I think. I think it was the twenty twenty of August. So I've been here for almost two weeks now. Um, and we've been going pretty light, just like first week was just like a lot of like, you know, sand workouts because they're really big on Europe's like really big on like core and getting those like those small muscle fibers going. So doing a lot of like beach workouts, ball, there's like yoga ball stuff, uh, defense passing. And then yesterday
0: was our first like real intense like hitting front row. Today was our first like six on six. And for you, uh, anyone's ever met you, obviously you're no stranger to the weight room and I think you actually enjoy it. You just don't do it cause you have to, when you got home, did you take a couple of weeks and just like shut it down completely? Or how do you like to kind of plan your season in terms of your rest and recovery versus getting in shape? Cause I imagine as soon as you got off the plane, maybe you didn't work out that day, but you probably did something the next day or the day after that. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I, I usually actually like try to go, I go back too early and I found it, I get, I kind of get out when I get uh, overseas. And so this summer, I just kind of the whole summer was like, I worked out just to kind of stay in shape and I, enjoy, like, I enjoyed it, but I kind of had like took myself back a bit and was like, all right, let's just enjoy the summer and,
0: you know, show up at like 70, 80% and then you can get in shape while you're there. Um, and that's, it seems like it's actually, it's, I planned it pretty well, um, like no nagging injuries or anything um, so far. So that's good. Now with all the Canadians on your team, I have seen some workout montages that the club's put together about some of these sand workouts, but you're saying they haven't been that uh, grueling. It's just kind of some cool camera angles, maybe showing some sprints and some other stuff you're doing, or is it pretty tough? It's just pretty short intervals.
1: The, the, the beach workouts are pretty tough. They're, uh, they're not like a high, low, like you're not hurting. It's just like some cardio and some, some like good interval training. So it's, you're definitely, you're sweating after, but you can jump in the water and it's fine. Uh, it's pretty, pretty beautiful country. So, like, going like the the one day we trained at like a resort, and
0: then had like lunch there after, which was awesome. And uh, I want to go back to one of your earlier points where you mentioned like when you're in a country like Sweden, you do have some athletes on your team who have. A day job where they're in school. And I always thought it was unique when I've talked to other pros is say you want to get together and watch a sporting event or go to the pub or or do whatever. Not all the athletes can afford to do that because they have a job or they have other commitments where like the foreigners sometimes come over and like take all the money. So uh, I am curious with you having so many true pros on your team, does that change the team building a little bit where it's easier knowing that like after practice everybody's going to get lunch or everybody wants to go get dinner tonight? Like there's not a lot of uh, outside commitments with some of your teammates, right?
1: Yeah, I think definitely, um a lot I mean, especially a lot of the Canadians hanging out, there's a like an Australian, Japanese live American guy, like we all kind of we're around the same age, around the same points in our pro career, um, within the first like three or four years. So like we're kind of hanging out a bit, but then there's like, you know, even older um Ukrainian Russian guy who's thirty six, who's you know, he's kinda of to himself more, same with the, the Serbian middle who's got a family, so he's going going home like they're not there yet but he's you know kind of by himself more so just kind of like depends but everyone's super chill it's a it's a good time
0: and uh i I know you mentioned this just to go back to it so you guys started off pretty light and now you're into intense training but uh because one your team has two teams within the same club but also it seems like a lot of people train out of the same facility is there much intermingling going on or any friendlies or like when you train it's just your like senior team is in the gym at that time
1: um, yeah, I, I, everyone's super friendly. Like when, when, you know, teams are going across, like you kind of like men's teams usually you know, like dab each other up to say, Hey, how's it going? Um, the women's actually the woman's team, the Azrael team, you know what? So when they're on court, we're like sometimes after them. And so we're, it's a pretty nice gym. Like they have a sport court. There's lots of room. Um, there's like a barrier that kind of goes around the court and then there's like an area behind that. And so we usually like, teams that warm not there while we're practicing. So when we go to warm up, we just go there. And the first day, the as a real coach, like, no, leave the gym. Like we can't have you in here. Um, and I, I don't know if that's just like you know, like I, I was hearing that you know, we were distracting the girls, and you know they couldn't focus on practice. But I was I was kind of laughing at and I was like talking. There's an American setter on the women's team who's also with my agent. So, um, I, Steve sent like so many so many of his athletes here um but we are just kind of chuckling at that it was uh, it was funny but we usually just kind of go to the weight room more up there and come back but for the most part everyone's pretty friendly here they're they're very uh the touchy culture like they're you know kiss you on the cheek give you like a like you know pinch your cheek when you walk up to them it's, it's a funny time <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that gets overblown at all. The the being in the gym there, because uh, I'm sure we can all think of one or two university programs where it's like doors are locked, nobody's allowed in. Like the men and women never even intermingle at some of like the OUA or U Sports schools, right?
1: Yeah, that, I always find that weird though, because I was at Windsor, and our, our men's and programs, uh, our men's and women's programs were pretty tight. Maybe sometimes to its detriment, they're maybe too close. Um, I mean, some university athletes can uh, can attest to that. But then I, I would hear. You know, U of T, for example, and they were like very split. They, they never hung out much. Um, I mean, that could be different now, but just when I was there, that was kind of what it, what it was. So it's it's interesting to hear kind of uh, each university,
0: how the di- dynamics are different. Now, with the amount of teams coming in and out of your facility, do you guys have a team room? I imagine they don't have like 12 team rooms for everybody, right? So is it, are you guys like mostly just backpacking and bringing on the bus? Or like, what is the actual facility use like?
1: we're lucky we do have one i i don't know if we're just like we just took it over and we leave our stuff there um but yeah we we have a it's a nice team room uh they actually have like the best water pressure it's like almost too much but it's like i'm never gonna complain about that uh it's like super nice to shower there it's like a good facility um you know before and after our team's really good they have like a a physiotherapist who give you massage kind of whatever you want there's a you know, a lot of the guys on our team actually have had some stomach issues, just like adapting to the food, the time change. Like I was one of them. Um, and they were on like getting us stuff. Like I was never like, I didn't ever have to miss practice, but I just wasn't doing great. And they were just like super on top of it, asking us questions, which was awesome.
0: And one cool thing about your league is the amount of teams using the same venue, uh, was it a draw for you to join this league based on like the lack of travel? Like you hear stories about like Finland and some of the bus trips those athletes have to take or some other leagues where uh, I think it's fair to say you'll be in your bed every night, right? You, there's not too many road trips. Like everybody plays at the same venue.
1: Yeah. The only road trip we're going to have to make is uh, for the sub Cup. But even the first round, we're playing both games at home just because uh, it's cheaper for both, like for the Slovakian teams to come here, play both. Um, but if we make it past the first round, then we'll be, um, I think we line up with a, a Greek team in the second round, um, so we you know, we go to Greece. That would,
0: those would be our only away games, which is uh, pretty interesting. And was that something you considered when uh, your agent you were going over offers? Was you get to play CEV Cup this year? Yeah, that was huge um, because my my club in Sweden was they actually
1: qualified to play the CEV, but it costs a lot of money. I'm pretty sure like you need to have like 250,000 euros. To be able to like commit to that, which is substantial, which I understood why they didn't, but I was also talking to them about going back to the club. Um, but I was just like, you know, those are those are big games. Like you see a lot of guys, like uh, I mean, George Schnitzer for one. Like he had a very like an amazing game against Modena um, in the Challenge Cup, and I think he got an amazing contract in France this this season. So um, it's it kind of like those games can matter um, because. You play a lot of games in your country, and they may just say, Oh, that country is, it could be an easy league. Like, you know, it's like, you know, we, we may want them, but then you can get maybe some, some extra bonuses if, uh, or just some extra money if you can get a, a good CVD game. Nice. And uh, when does that start? I'm actually not 100% sure when our first game for that is. It'll be sometime mid October. Uh, but that's just, those change around kind of because you have to schedule like, both teams have to schedule those games around their league games. So it's just kind of like, it's it's a tournament that goes on through the whole season. Like it starts in October and it, it, the finals is in like May or, or April or March. Um, and it's just kind of a single elimination. You play a team twice, home and away usually. And then uh, if you win 3-1, 3-0, you get three points. Uh, if you win five, you get two, you lose, you get one. And so if you're tied after those two
0: games you play one goal and set to 15 right after the second game so take me through your schedule um because a lot of the the european leagues will do there's league play but then there's also like cups within the leagues or there's stuff that you have to qualify and then obviously with you having CEV, like uh how many layers of league play are you going to have this year like you mentioned the CEV will start in october but i imagine your league will start before that right
1: yeah, leagues gonna start around the same time. It'll probably be within like a two week period of like we're playing our first season game and that first C E V game. Um, but then I don't know if there's two cup two cups here or one cup here. And then as well as the overall league championship. So you play a lot of games. Um and it's just, just and that's why like, you know, we're pretty deep this year at this club. We're so lucky, like, you know, we have five left sides, three opposites, um, like three setters. We have a lot of guys we can kinda interchange and um, throw in if one guy's hurting in a bit, or if we want to arrest someone. So it's it's nice for that reason. But I think they kind of went maybe a little over this year because last year at this club um, during the finals, they all their left sides were injured. It was just every single one. So they kind of got uh, they got torched in the final. And so I think they were kind of like on this year, like, all right, we're gonna you know we're playing CV as well. We're gonna kind of over prepare and make sure we have guys that are uh, able to play.
0: And how are you feeling looking forward to that? Like, are you at a stage in your career where you're kind of like, yeah, I'd like to have a little bit of load management or are you like still in that young mood where you're kind of want to play every game and every point still?
1: Yeah, I definitely want to play as much as, uh, as much as I can. Um, there's no definitive starting lineup yet. So I'm still having, you know, we got to fight for that, uh, that, that spot. But uh, I'm definitely going to play as much as uh, my body's going to let me, as much as hopefully the
0: club's going to let me as well. So uh, we're just going to kind of see, play that one by year and kind of see what happens. Now with five left sides and three uh, true right sides, does that mean uh, you're mostly just receiving? Like you probably won't get to play right side or want to play right side this year?
1: Uh, no,
0: it'll, it'll be. And I'm kind of like I played right side in university,
1: and then my first two years I always told the clubs I was at, um, you know, I'm available to play opposite if our, our opposites get injured. Um, and sometimes I would practice my first two seasons, uh, but definitely in games, like if say if our three left or three opposites were to have injury problems, I would have no issue playing opposite for a game. Um, but just for my resume, and just trying to get games as a left side, I definitely would rather play more on the left.
0: And with the amount of setters you have and the amount of outsides and middles and everybody, uh, is, is coach or the manager kind of leading the system install, or do you get a say about how fast or flat you want the the pinball? Like, how are you guys working through? I, I know you guys just started jumping, and you've only played a little bit of six-on-six, six, but I'm wondering when you bring in so many talented athletes from so many different teams, like you got Friesen, who was at U of A, and obviously your background and a whole bunch of other cats, like, who gets to decide what the left-side tempo ball looks like? I think we're
1: all, we're all figuring that out figuring that out right now. And with each other, it's maybe a little different. Um, it was actually, it was funny yesterday at practice, you know, it was our first day really trying the tempo out and trying that stuff. And uh, I can tell, you know, like one of the setters, Diego who, from, he played at Charleston university in the States. And so this, this is his first season overseas. And, uh, you know, he was the, the older guys were they They were getting like, you know, really minute with the details they were wanting with their sets. And I think he was getting kind of frustrated with that. And then I asked for a fastball and his fastball is much faster than my, what I would want in a fastball. But that's still, that's what I would consider a fastball. And so he gave me the fastball and it was, it was a bit low, but so and he kind of looked at me and he was like, why didn't you hit that very hard? And I was like, Oh, it was kind of low and too fast. And he, was like, and he just kind of like, he was like, well, it was a fastball. You asked for it fast. And yeah. I was like, all right, that's, that's a fair point. Like, and we just, talked about it after, but then, like, after him also, I'm like, you know, if he didn't kind of snap on me, I would, like, it means he doesn't care as much. So, I'm like, to me, I'm like, that means he's actually, like, he wants to, you know, get that figured out, and, you know, it's, I'm, I don't mind getting yelled at a bit because it's just, we're trying to uh, figure out what's going on in a, in a high pace environment. So, uh, I think that's what, it's, it's a lot different, too, in pro, grade uh, university. In university, everyone's like, oh, okay, okay, like that, and, and then pro
0: it's very, like, blunt and you just gotta be okay with things being a little aggressive sometimes. And with you going from Sweden where, uh, my understanding is you had a pretty talented center and you guys communicated pretty well, uh, is it tempting to come in and say, well, last year I, I ran at this and we had a lot of success? Or do you have to come in with, like, a blank slate and just kind of be open and, yeah, maybe you do kind of get lit up in a drill or you have to have those tough conversations? Like, at what point do you kind of go, man, I was doing so well last year hitting this and, and just know that it has to be a fresh start with this cat?
1: Yeah, Dardan
0: Latouche was one of the most talented
1: setters that I've ever even seen play or, and I got to play with, which was awesome. Um, so it's definitely, it's different, but, like, I, I always, like, in my mind going into the season I, you, guys, you have to connect with your setter um, and you gotta find the way that you guys are gonna play best together so it's not really what's the best ball it's in like there's there's the standard tempo ball in volleyball but then with each team each setter each guy it's going to be a little different so you just kind of have to play and see how you connect with that setter
0: you're playing with that season so uh when do you finally get to do a little bit of preseason action or when do you predict that you're actually gonna play like uh more than a six-on-six, six, like an actual friendly or a scrimmage?
1: We're going to Poland for 11 days, um, which will be fun. We're playing, uh, I think, he hasn't told us who we're playing. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be some, some Division Two Poland teams, which is, uh, for those that don't know, Division Two Poland is a very strong league. Um, and the, the Plus League, of course, is one of the, the top leagues in the world. Um, and then apparently we're, we're playing... If the Swiss national team is also in the tournament there. I'm not I'm not sure why they're they're training in a tournament that late in the in the in the year, but um, that could just be rumors. But as one of the guys said that on the team, so that'll be fun. I think we're gonna do some practices there with some teams and then we're in a, a tournament, but we haven't
0: uh heard too much about that one yet. And that'll be you know, a week and a half, I think we Nice, that'll that'll be exciting. A little force team building, being on a, a road trip with the boys. I imagine not a true road trip. I imagine you guys will fly there and then, obviously, hang out, right?
1: Yeah, we'll fly there. Uh, I, I, again, I haven't heard much about it, but I'm I'm really hoping we're flying there. That's, that'd be a long uh, long road trip. But I think with this pub, they uh, they take care of us. They they want to make sure we're comfortable. So I wouldn't. I'd be very surprised if we were busing that. Uh, I'd be a, a, a two day two day bus trip.
0: So even with that trip, and I imagine it is important and the club is investing, uh, that's where a lot of learning can come down to, right? Where you're still going to be trying to figure everything out. Like, I I don't imagine you guys will have a full install by then. You're actually using these matches to figure out stuff on the fly, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think, like, obviously, we always want to win games we're in, whether it's preseason or not. Like, you're you're trying to win games, whether it's the same in drills and practice. Like, you're never trying to lose a drill. But it's, like, it's the same in practice. Like, the, the priority of the drill is uh connecting so that when in a game that actually matters it's it's already you don't have to think about it it's just kind of flowing and happening so going to that it's going to be a lot of trying our systems out and just uh seeing how we can play as a team together uh
0: and obviously another install you're gonna have to do is the pipe uh have you guys reached that phase yet have you started working with the middles like you guys running a shoulder a push like is there a certain point you run it back like what what's the install going on with the pipe
1: seems pretty like straightforward that everyone kind of understands the pipe, you know, if the setter's is pushed forward, you won't put the back pipe when it's the, the middle is running at 50, you run the shoulder kind of the basics of it. And so now it's just learning, you know, connecting with the setter of like it, how fast is he running his tempo in this scenario when he's pushed forward um, at a system, like kind of stuff like that. So, you know, today in the six on six, I was connecting pretty well with the setters, but it was also just cause I connected on the first one with them. So then, and even though we were switching the setters, I just felt a good flow going where I know some guys weren't. So it's just kind of, it's going to take some time, I think. Um, and there's probably going to be practices in the next couple of weeks where I'm just not connecting with anyone. It was just maybe today had a better day, just kind of realizing it. But um, I find volleyball pretty universal. Like everyone at once you get to a level is, has a basic understanding of the same thing, just does it maybe a little differently.
0: And uh, just my last install question, because I'm always curious how this comes together. Serving, definitely an individual skill in our sport. Are you given just the green light to go up there and do your thing? Or is coach kind of trying to install a system or strategy there?
1: That's what we haven't talked about yet. Um, And we haven't done much. Uh, the, Mm -hmm. The one thing I'd probably say is like, I mean, from my understanding of serving, it's like there's always scenarios of like, Right, if the guy behind you just missed the serve and you know they're in a weak rotation, you probably want to put one in if they have some weak passers, throw on that passer. Um, you know, if you're not feeling it, take the pipe out if you can with a short serve. But then there's also times where it's like, All right, like they've been siding out so easily the last four balls. I'm gonna try to get them out of system here. if you miss, you, you miss. Just have it be a, maybe a good miss. Like miss out of bounds, like miss long, like have it be like that. Like just but if you go for it, you go for it. Like if I'm if I'm on the service line, like Sometimes I'll look at the coach and give him a head nod, um, and you know if you give me the, the thumbs up, then I'll go for it. But then also sometimes I, just, I don't I don't look for it, I don't ask for it. I'm just like in my mind, I'm like, all right, this is a scenario to go for it. Um, like I haven't missed many serves today. It's you know it's it's feeling good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay with a miss here, but I'm I'm trying to get the most because I I'm forgetting who told me that thing was I wouldn't do was uh, if a team's in perfect system, they have a 90% chance side out. It's at the highest level. So it's like, if they're in perfect system, because you have, you have good setters now that can, that can read the middles if they're, if they're fronting and if they're committing, and they can get one-on-one all day. And If you have a one-on-one, you're, you should score that. So it's, at the men's level, it, women's is a, is a completely different game, I know. Um, they have a lot less service errors because um, their, their block defense is just so so good. Um, but in, in the men's game, it's just, it's very, it's more physical. Um, so I think it's just one of those, you gotta, you gotta be okay with some misses like uh, in the, in the USA game when they played 10 in the North America uh, yesterday, the day before, I think the States was six aces on 12 errors. And, but then all the other serves that are in, they're out of system. So the can out of system. So it's like, you're okay with 12 misses. Like, that's not bad. You know, if you're pushing 20 misses, then it's okay. You better
0: have over 10 aces kind of thing. I'm glad you brought up the, the Norseka because I think in the first set I think six maybe of the last eight points were miss serves like it's just guys like going forward and obviously like the the pressure and it was a, a bit of a close set in the first set but that, that, that's one pet peeve I have with the men's game is just like the the amount of misses in like runs it feels like yeah and
1: that's, that's the thing it's just it's huge runs on servers and then it's like a lot of guys missing in a row but it's like you know, if one guy behind you misses, it's like, you still have a bit of a green light. It's just, that's just one serve. But if there's the last two guys or more have missed, it's like, Hey, right, you gotta, you gotta do something different now. It's, you gotta make them get a point. So if you're just giving them points. Now they can go back. Like if, if, if they've missed a bunch of serves in a row, I'm like, well, I have a green light on my serve now because the, the team we're playing has missed a bunch of serves. So they're probably going to miss the next serve. So if I give them a point on my serve, it doesn't really matter. But if I, go for it give names. I'm like now now we have a break point. It's huge. So it, it does matter a lot. And that's that's the one thing you use players when you're in the head. I didn't have this this knowledge um a couple of years ago. Or even maybe even last season, like it's stuff you acquire and you know there's more stuff I'll learn for sure. I'll look back ten years from now and I can't believe I didn't know that stuff. Um but that's yeah, just kind of
0: the game of volleyball and the more you play the more you know yeah for sure and just finding those situations and feeling it out and going from there but it it sounds like you're you're off to a good start you're happy already i mean the season's just starting you got a a trip to poland and you got cv coming up you got league play it's all super exciting Uh, i'm trying to think what another casual fan would maybe want to know so uh with the amount of canadians are you guys all living in the same apartment building or condos or are you guys spread out around the city like are you in the city center like what's the living situation like
1: around the city center we're like 10 15 minutes away from the city center we're still in like the city of baku um so me and me and freezing live together and we're about a 10 minute walk from like where the majority of the other guys live but they're still in other buildings they're just a little closer to each other um but yeah they, they we're all like relatively pretty close like we're all within a 10 minute walk and then the very nice apartment buildings are really well done uh maybe like even a little like i walked in and i was like holy crap but this is they like china and living rooms and like this super nice stuff and i'm like oh this is uh this is pretty crazy and they have like tvs in all the rooms which is
0: nice 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 and uh team sponsor for dinners are you a grocery store guy like what are you doing for meals
1: yeah they uh they get usually like when we have like morning stuff they'll just like eat us right after there's some restaurants we go to i think there's like a a georgian restaurant that we're gonna be going to more more often now which is uh some good food there's there's just like this milk yogurt drink here that they love and it's so bad it's just like it's really it's really chunky milk that just tastes like yogurt and they're like oh it's so good it's so good like and we're all none of us like it and there was one day they had like soup that was like that was the soup and we're like i'm not i can't touch that. That's uh the grocery stores are interesting they're uh there's not a lot of variety in the in the vegetable and fruit department they're very like closed like there's no there's no like deli meat everything's like uh like ground up and like mashed together and it's, so it's it's interesting um but the one nice thing about it is like the, when we got here our fridge was stocked it had a bunch of meat a bunch of stuff in it like they they do, and apparently they're gonna like keep putting stuff in there, so that's nice. We've just been kind of picking that stuff up. Um, I got steak one day from the, from the from the meat shop, and then I found out it was horse. So I had tried horse for the first time, which tasted very similar to you know like uh, a steak. So I was I was just kind of like, oh horse, all right, interesting, and you know everything in Azerbaijan that's from the area is very cheap. Like I got to get cab home from practice today just because of a lot of guys were getting treatment, and I didn't really want to wait, wait around. Um, and uh, it was two dollars and fifty cents for like a ten-minute cab ride, and that's like a dollar eighty Canadian.
0: Wow, wow, yeah. I imagine you're gonna get some unique uh, food situations because you're kind of in an Eastern European country, but you're also in a Middle East place where it's going to be like things kind of blending together where uh, you don't strike me as a picky eater, but I imagine there's going to be a couple of things showing up where like you think you're eating steak when it's actually horse or something like that. Yeah, there's been a couple things I haven't eaten, um, but for the most part it's been interesting. Like,
1: there's been a lot of good meals. Um, they're very oily based the, the meals. Um, so that's, the stomach's getting used to that a bit. Like after you eat some of those meals, you're like, "Uh, I don't feel bad, but I also
0: don't feel great. Um, How are you dealing um, with with the time zone and just the amount of downtime? Because obviously pro volleyball, it's kind of like university, but then you take away the school part of it, right? But now you add that you're, uh, you're eight hours ahead of where home is. So it's not like you can always just uh, check in with friends and family back home. So how are you dealing with that uh, extra challenge of playing pro?
1: Yeah, it's usually like really early in the morning or like, or like you know at night. I'm kind of like checking in, calling the family, talking to friends. Uh, the biggest issue I've had is I'm in a bunch of football fantasy leagues, <laughs> and my, my sleeper app wasn't working, so I just deleted it and redownloaded it, but then it logged me out of my account. And the only way to get back in is through uh, a text to your phone verification by your number, but I don't have that phone number anymore because it's my Canadian number. Um so I've been trying to like message the company and they were just going back and forth and like, I can't get an app. so like, I have, I wasn't able to make any, any changes in my lineup this week. So I, I didn't even know if I won my matchups or not. And the worst part is like, I can't like the, the week two is going to start soon. And I'm still not in my app. So I'm like messaging the league chat. I'm like, sorry, boys, like I'm, I'm kind of, I might ruin the league this year. like but uh, overall, it's, it's not too bad. Like it's uh, the downtime. It's you usually have a morning practice, come home, eat some food, take a nap, and then uh, get ready to go again uh, in the afternoon. Um, we're usually like 10 to 10 to 11 or 10 to 12, and then 6 to 8. So it's a, it's a pretty good schedule. And then when we're back home. So like tomorrow we have off just because we've been going pretty hard the last two days. And then we're gonna go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm uh, not really sure whether not just giving a Saturday off and practicing tomorrow, but I really don't care. It's, it's whatever
0: they, they think is best. Yeah, when you get into league play, is it going to be like a, a Friday, Saturday thing, or you have some weekday matches too? That's what I'm curious I,
1: I, I'm thinking there has to be some weekday matches just because we're all playing at the same venue, and there's also a women's league that's playing in the same venue. Um, so I'm assuming there's going to be like, you know, you play like a Monday, Friday game, maybe or sometimes you usually play a Wednesday and then maybe the next week you have two games, but
0: it'll be, it'll be interesting with you being such a big football guy, but the amount of foreigners around, I'm trying to think here, are you guys able to catch like the one o'clock games before you got to call it? Like, I imagine you're not staying up for like the 4:30 games or even uh, Sunday or Monday night football because it's just too, too wonky. But did you catch the one o'clock game?
1: No, I usually, I don't have the, the Zone app, just because, like, when I'm overseas, I just I don't really go to worth so I usually just watch the highlights or nice. uh, stuff like that, and, you know, I'm watching the, the European uh, the European Championship for volleyball, but even that, it's pretty late here, because that's being played in, obviously, like, pre-Central Europe, so it's like games at, like, 11 p.m. here, so I'm not even really watching those it's uh it's definitely that's that's the one thing that sucks is you don't you don't have those nba nfl like you can't really watch those as much
0: hopefully that transfers the people are a big fan of your club because uh, yeah they don't get much uh north american influence in their sports i'm guessing just because of the, the time zone difference it, it makes it too challenging like it affects your whole day if you want to watch uh, a raptors game or something right
1: yeah, and there's not a, there's not like, obviously, there's not like hockey league here or anything. Cause I was being Sweden, like, everyone's an SHL fan. So that's getting a lot of the fans away from that. Um, I don't think there's a basketball league here either. There's a, there's a soccer league, but it's also not that big. So it sounds like volleyball is one of the more, more high level sports here, which is nice. So I'll be curious to see what the fans are like, but also all the same teams are in the same city. So it's like, how do you pick a team that you're a fan of, right?
0: It's That's a really good point. You take away the geography or like the pride of like your club or your town versus another. And now it's kind of just like picking one out of the the standings. That'll be interesting. So maybe they cheer for players more. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it could be like definitely that. Like it's like where you just have a bunch of bandwagoners there. It's like right, that's the best team. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Well, man, th- this has been awesome. Thank you for letting us behind the scenes of, of what's going on in your league. I mean, there's it, it's a unique situation just because I, I don't think many people know about this league. And like you said, it's still on the newer side. But I think with the the amount of Canadians there and obviously, uh, hopefully through this show, if they're a fan of this show, they're a fan of yours. So we'll be keeping track all year. But uh, definitely a lot to be excited about.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited. It should be a, it should be a good year. So I'll uh, definitely send you the links once we uh out for games and hopefully we can get some good viewership on it.